Punisher Warzone Wikipedia article has a thing at the bottom talking about video game that says a tie-in PS3 video game which shares models and fonts from the film. <laughs> oh, the fonts are pretty key. Yeah. That's why they decided to share the console's font itself with Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I didn't see any uh, video game screenshots in this one. Oh, yeah. I was looking for some good product placement. Not really that kind of movie. No, no, not someone that wants their... That is, you know, maybe that's part of what's refreshing sometimes about watching, like, more violent... Media? Not safe for... Yeah, it's like not as many companies are trying to put their fingers in that pie. It's not a fierce bidding war for what kind of pencil John Wick uses. well hello and welcome to another outstanding edition of the gobeski wallace report my name is adam gobeski and i'm charlie wallace and today we have two merciless guests with us paul wilcox it's good to be back and doug gobeski slander and lies (laughs) which part the merciless part it is good to be back oh you're you're gonna show mercy not a lie you're going to show mercy, huh? I'm going to show mercy just like Frank Castle did. Oh, wow. Wait a minute. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> trying to remember when that was. When his buddy Carlos was uh, axed up. Sorry, I, oh, I amend that you are our mostly merciless guests. Well, just not pitiless. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as you may or may not be able to tell, we are once again talking Marvel movies. It's the 28th part of our Merry Marvel Movie March, and it's the December 5th, 2008 movie Punisher Warzone, which bears a, uh, a couple distinctions. It's the first movie, either by Marvel or DC, actually, to be directed by a woman. It is also, to date, the lowest grossing Marvel movie of all time. Boy, you uh, maybe shouldn't state those two facts together like that. Well, I don't really think it's Lexi Alexander's fault that Lionsgate chose to not market this movie basically (laughs) at all. I guess the standard question is, had you seen it before? And I had not. I'm not even sure I was aware that it had come out in theaters. That's how little Lionsgate promoted this thing. Plus, you know, they buried it in December. An article I I read mentioned that it was like, you could go to the theater and you could see like Slumdog Millionaire or you could see this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I had never seen it before. And yeah, was only only sort of aware after the fact that, oh, apparently it had come out at some point. And that was about it. I guess I didn't even know this movie existed except for this March. So, no, I had not seen it. Yeah, pretty much same here. Like, this is kind of my awareness of this movie now. I knew of its existence, but I actually assumed that it was a direct-to-video. Like, I had no idea it was a theatrical release. So when we say least grossing, we're talking about, like, the Marvel Studios movies? Uh, We're talking about movies released in American theaters based on Marvel properties. Oh. Does that include the original Captain America? Uh, It does not. The serials? Uh, I'm not sure that they really reported grosses at that point back in the 40s. Okay, so that includes everything we've watched with some exceptions like... So it doesn't include like the 1989 Punisher or Captain America, the 1990 Captain America or Man-Thing. And then obviously not the first Fantastic Four because that didn't actually get released. Okay. that might be it, right? But that does include things like Howard the Duck and Electra and, you know, Blade Trinity, all these sorts of things. Wow. Oof. Okay. Well, at least that doesn't include Man Thing, because that was the first thing that came to my head. I was like, even Man Thing? <laughs> I was able to calm my outrage. So, Doug, were you going to give us the synopsis today? Oh, yeah. Was there a reason I was supposed to? Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> I remember now. Yeah. Um, Punisher Warzone is the story of Dennis Punisher Castle, who inherits the Warzone, which is a combination laser tag pizza parlor place. Like, like a laser tag Chuck E. Cheese. And so he has to round up unruly kids and uh, get the girl by the end of the movie. Isn't there some sort of a rivalry between his war zone and like a puzzle place? Yes, yes. There's the next door board game and puzzle emporium run by the proprietor Jigsaw. Because <laughs> he just loves puzzles so much. <laughs> oh. Jigs- 
Jigsaw mm. from the Saw movies. <laughs> <laughs> he really mellowed out in his retirement. <laughs> he just likes games, guys. <laughs> he just wants to play games. That's all he wants. Ah, <laughs> uh, but seriously, since this is a movie you probably haven't seen, although maybe you have, since I think it's actually something of a cult classic these days. But uh, Punisher Warzone is uh, the third attempt to bring punisher to the big screen so it's it's not a sequel although it initially started as a sequel at some point so this stars ray stevenson who i think at this point was probably best known for rome is that right charlie yes because i was trying to place him the entire time and i looked back through everything he had done and that was the only thing that i knew him from i was like oh I guess so. So he plays Frank Castle as a standard Punisher, and then his adversary is a, I think, one of his major villain like adversaries from the comics, which is a character named Billy Russo, uh, also known as Jigsaw. And so the basically it's the two of them butting heads because in this movie jigsaw is like part of like a mob family and part of what the punisher does is you know kill all the people involved in organized crime and things so do you guys have expectations for this movie going into it um some you had told me that uh, based on your readings it was one of the great bad movies i mean it's certainly not one of the great good movies (laughs) (laughs) paul's gonna disagree with you there Paul, are you aware of the negative five to positive five scale? Like a positive five is a movie that's really good and really entertaining. And a negative five movie is a movie that's absolutely terrible, but really entertaining. And zero is the Twilight films. (laughs) Just terrible and boring. Right in the middle. Is this from something? Uh, It's actually from one of my old coworkers. And he did a good job of articulating it. And so it stuck with me. It really is all about the absolute value of the movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I guess I maybe I missed it. Like, what were your expectations? You just didn't have any? I was expecting a an entertaining and terrible movie. My expectations just came from the other Punisher movies that I had seen so far. And just kind of my middling thoughts about them and wondering, how do you translate the Punisher onto the big screen in an entertaining way? Because I think that both of the other films, I mean, had entertaining parts, but also a lot of missteps. So it was more like, how are we going to do this property rather than knowing anything specifically about this movie? I knew that it was, uh, it had, a, a larger like cultural cachet than I think I would have expected for this movie. Um, I knew that a lot of people really enjoyed it as like an action movie. I knew that Patton Oswalt was a big like supporter of the movie. But that was about it. I don't know that I expected more than that. Yeah, and I would say I had about zero expectations considering that I forgot we were watching Punisher Warzone until like Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess is kind of fun because I mean, a lot of these movies, we have expectations going in, and I think it's kind of good just to be able to accept it for what it is and not necessarily know. And other things like Man Thing, we didn't quite know what it was, except that we knew it was direct-to-video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in a way, I was, I was kind of excited to be able to come in like knowing almost nothing, since that's going to be increasingly more uncommon as we march closer to time zero. <laughs> I just really appreciated that. Thank you, Paul. I just enjoyed that that visual that that conjured up of a march to time zero. <laughs> when when the singularity of Marvel movies, <laughs> <laughs> the Marvel singularity. <laughs> well, they just make themselves now. <laughs> we just live in one. <laughs> oh just gosh! Disney owns everything. Yeah. That's true. The uh, the Fox deal was just finalized the other day as of recording time. Mm. Yeah. So, so what do you want to talk about? Where do you want to start? Ooh. Charlie, you're uh, good at this, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the first thing I noticed about this movie, in comparison to the other movies, is that we get a lot of murder <laughs> right at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. <laughs> just right off the bat. Yeah. Just... So we kind of know what we're in for. I'm glad we didn't have the inverse problem either, where there was a lot of murder at the beginning and then no more murder. Because, I mean, this is what the Punisher is, right? He murders people. As far as I know. 
Always my understanding. So I think the movie has a good idea of what the Punisher is supposed to be. I read that uh, Lexi Alexander, the director, when she signed on, like they sent her like a whole bunch of like Punisher comics. And she sort of read through them all to get a sense of like what this tone and style of the Punisher was. Sorry, I think it was Punisher Max, actually, which was their oh. Marvel's adult line of Punisher. So it's going to be a lot more violent. But apparently they like printed off such cheap copies that they more or less only had like three colors so it was like black white and red (laughs) and so she thought that was just the aesthetic of the comic and so she's like i really want to replicate that in the movie and then later they were like oh yeah we just sent you really cheap copies (laughs) (laughs) wow but yeah it's definitely violent it's very viscerally violent yeah like i winced a few times involuntarily yeah me too and I know uh, Roger Ebert's on board is saying something like, it's like really well made, but it's just really disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Called it one of the best made bad movies he'd ever seen. <laughs> See, for me, the thought that came to my mind was that this feels almost like an Aqua Teen Hunger Force aesthetic to it. Like, it's not quite cartoonish violence. It's post postmodern violence almost what do you mean by that post postmodern violence like the old lady you know gets half of her head blown off and uh castle by you know he obviously didn't show up immediately but the remains are smoking still it's it's just it's like what <laughs> like he punches the kid in the face and it's it basically looks like somebody, like a couple frames almost of somebody punching a bowl of raspberry jello. Yeah, his fist does that go through his face. That was one of my involuntary. <laughs> like, like he didn't even have brass yeah. knuckles on. It was a hell of a punch. It, it, it was like, <laughs> yeah. like we went past realistic and we went into absurdist. Oh, we went yeah. into that yeah. kind of aqua team level of stuff. It's, it's a bit cartoon, but it's like not completely cartoon violence like thinking of kind of movies with lots of blood but more comical i guess can't think of any examples right now maybe a Shaun of the dead or something like that yeah, uh, yeah yeah i mean it definitely feels like this is a movie that despite the fact that no one saw it feels like it had like an influence on like action movies and these sort of like quote-unquote grittier action movies right as opposed to like mission impossible stuff right right Great. but just thinking action action yeah, but just, like, thinking about, like, the way, like, limbs are blown off and there's blood everywhere and, like, you know, when he shoots that guy in the face at the kitchen table and his, like, head just sort of explodes into just tons of pieces, right? Where it's almost more of, like, a horror movie aesthetic in that regard and just, like, um, we're going to really show you the gore. But it also feels like that kind of translated into, like, you know, certainly, like, it feels like the Netflix series definitely got some stuff out from here. Or at least they're yes. along that same, like, wavelength. I'm just like, they really want you to sort of feel just like how slick and like not slick in a cool sense, but slick in like a blood everywhere sense. <laughs> <laughs> Having trouble getting so traction. <laughs> yeah. Like they want you to feel it all. Like the, the how visceral the viscera is. I mean, maybe it's because I watched the Netflix series or at least the first season before watching this, that this seems more cartoonish. Like bizarrely over the top uh i will say near the beginning of the movie i got a strong boondock saints vibe where he's hanging upside down from the chandelier killing the room full of people and just in my head see the brothers hanging upside down from the ceiling tangled up in rope killing everyone (laughs) yeah i was trying to remember where i'd seen something like that before you're right Oh, so that's why uh, Google Play suggested I watch the Boondock Saints after finishing <laughs> Punisher War Just that I mean, scene alone. <laughs> could be. If you like the, the chandelier scene, you're going to love Boondock Saints. <laughs> At least this movie kind of was showing that people were coming in the room very quickly and immediately getting shot, right? If he, if he's hanging from the ceiling, I would expect he'd be an easy target. But people were just kind of like coming around from behind drapes and like sticking their head in for from behind the door <laughs> and they're probably like wait where is he oh i'm dead <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what they said 
I will say though that in comparison with the 2004 Punisher, like I really appreciated how this one more or less starts with the violence and then keeps feeding you the violence. I mean, as you know, terrible as that sort of sounds, <laughs> like in isolation. It certainly made for a more entertaining movie than a brief action sequence and then two hours of nothing. Yeah. Two hours of like singing with the neighbors. Yeah, making various sauces. (laughs) Sauces. One thing you mentioned early on watching this movie was something <laughs> like, uh, you know, he shoots the FBI guy. It's like, oh, should have let the system do its job. You should have had and, faith in the system. Yep. And all <laughs> I could think was me quoting Paul. <laughs> all I could think was you really need to take the, the Ray Stevenson Punisher and put him in the 2004 The Punisher. <laughs> and you need to take the Thomas Jane Punisher and put him in Punisher Warzone. And oh, everything's going to work out fine. I definitely appreciated, though, that we didn't get yet another version of Frank Castle's origin story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that the extent oh, to we yeah. got any of it right, it was like a little bit of exposition between the psychiatrist guy and Colin Salmon's character, uh, the FBI agent. And then just like flashbacks that Frank Castle had in his head, but they're all like silent, like they're visual, right? There's not like, here's me remembering for 10 minutes what happened, right? And it's not a particularly interesting origin either. I mean, compared to some of the other movies we've seen, right? It's like, you can explain it in a sentence. It's like his wife and his kid got murdered, or children, sorry. Now, do you dislike just seeing that origin over and over again? Or is there something inherent about the origin itself that you don't really care for? No, I think it's the fact that we already got it in the first Punisher. So we sort of know like how, what the arc is, like what the shape of that origin is. I'm glad they didn't take the time to go, okay, here's what happened. And we're just like, yeah, we know this, you know, let's move on. (laughs) Surprise us somehow. Don't tell us things we already know. And even even as a standalone movie or not really knowing anything about the Punisher, it's like, that's not necessarily the most interesting part. You come for the punishment. (laughs) Not to, you know, (laughs) see what made him the Punisher so much. I mean, it's important to know that it's there, but... Come for the punishment, stay for the pathos. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it would have been, you know, if they would have included more origin story, they would have put it at two hours, and that would have just been a little too long for this kind of movie. But I also thought that it does a really good job of showing that Frank Castle is sort of like a force of nature in a way that the Thomas Jane version never felt like. Like the Thomas Jane version feels like he's very like sort of like methodical and calculating, but he never really unleashes. Whereas like Ray Stevenson, Frank Castle on this one just feels like, you know, holy crap, get out of his way. Yeah, like he's already murdered the uh, entire basement. Of- <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> entire basement worth of criminals I, for the most part. And where other heroes might see somebody that they had disarmed and let them go or tell them to go give a warning to someone else, he'll just kill them. It happens at least a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the one time that he doesn't do that, he ends up creating Jigsaw. No, that's true. Although I think he just wanted him to die in the worst way possible. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, he was, that was sure that he was going to. Pretty sadistic. He thought he was going to be able to stick around and uh, watch it happen, but no such luck. <laughs> That was one of the more tough scenes to watch, I feel. But it was, as far as origin stories go, it's a good one. And I thought they did a really good job with his makeup on his face, right? To make him look like all disfigured and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was good. Without going yeah. into like the, uh, oh, like his face is half melted or whatever, right? Like it was sort of like a believable disfigurement, even while it was heightened on yeah. like on some level. Yes. It's like the Joker, except like times 10. <laughs> yeah. Instead of an acid, he fell into a vat of glass and got tumbled around for 15 minutes. <laughs> As opposed to like the Tommy Lee Jones Two-Face or something, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. As he's first being, you know, what, blended with the glass. I almost wanted more blood. Because it's like he's already done like a revolution or two in the broken glass, but he's not really that cut up from it. I guess I maybe expected more. Doug's insatiable bloodlust. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I want more blood, and other times I'm like, I want less blood. I don't. <laughs> it's like the movie just doesn't meet my own idiosyncratic desires. <laughs> It definitely feels on some level like this is an 80s movie made with 2008 technology. Oh, yeah. And money. Oh, yeah. yeah. I kept thinking was like it was it had to do with a haircut, I think, where for a while I thought maybe he had a ponytail. I'm like, it seems almost like a Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> like, I would like to see the older out of shape Steven Seagal doing this, like half assing his way through this movie. Yikes. Like, I can barely even picture that. <laughs> Them just like shooting him and him not flinching because he doesn't care enough to move. <laughs> we'll fix it in post. <laughs> I will say though that I was uh, I was pleased to see Colin Salmon in this movie just because he's one of those actors that like shows up in like genre stuff and whatnot from time to time. Like he's been in like Arrow and Doctor Who and uh, I think he's General Zod in the current Krypton TV show on Sci Fi Network, whatever it's called now. Siffy. There's and- a what? tv show krypton this is the first i've heard of it you know you know how gotham is like before batman there was gotham vaguely yeah so krypton is before superman there was krypton i haven't seen it i just know it exists and that he's in it but so he's one of these actors i'm always sort of pleased to see like when they like show up and stuff i'm like oh hey it's colin salmon and uh i feel like i should mention that the widow of the FBI guy that Frank Castle kills is played by Julie Benz, who uh, was Darla on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So Brian's going to want me to mention that. Oh, I recognized her from Dexter. Sure. It took me a while to place her because I think her hair was a different color. And speaking of Colin Salmon, is he really that tall or was that just that scene? No, he's he's very tall. Okay. He's also British, though. In case there were a lot wonder. of Brits in this movie. There were. Colin Salmon is 6'4". Oh, okay. Wow. He gets a lot of work, apparently. Well, that's what I mean. Like, he shows up in various stuff, right? And I'm just always like, yay. Like, Brian has been watching Limitless, the TV show. Hmm. And he's in that. And Wayne Knight's in this movie, too. Yeah. He might have been my favorite part of this movie. He actually brought a bit to this where he didn't have to. I enjoyed watching yeah. it. <laughs> his, his name was Micro. And what I loved was at the very end of the movie, the one detective who had been following Frank Castle's, quote, career for so long was asking about Micro. He's like, how's Micro? <laughs> like he really cared about this guy who he knew basically from paper <laughs> was an accomplice to frank castle well, no there's there's some uh suggestion that he and castle had actually been working together at least a little bit right oh okay maybe yeah. right where he says stuff like you know i've let you hack into the department computers and given you passwords and stuff like that so oh i mean i got that from when he let frank go but i didn't Oh, okay. Charlie, your it's argument different. is is really weird to me because that's like saying, boy, you care about this Frank Castle guy? You've never met him in person. <laughs> You've only seen him on paper in the comic books. <laughs> so did he ever get to meet Micro? The detective? Soap? Think they? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like he might not have, and that might be the saddest part about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Really brought down the mood. <laughs> <laughs> Never got to meet his, meet his uh, auxiliary hero or whatever. <laughs> uh, so what people think of the accents in this movie? <laughs> you know, it bothered me for about the first couple minutes. And then I was just like, eh, I'm just going to roll with it. And it was fine. Yeah, there were a few things like between the violence and the accents. And like I was wondering, like, oh, maybe this is just supposed to be really cartoony. Like, maybe they even asked them to be over the top with the accents. So I kind of was okay with it. But every once in a while, I found myself chuckling just at the way they were saying things. Like, these mobsters are speaking like I hear in my head when I'm reading a comic book about mobsters. (laughs) Complete with all the apostrophes and everything. I also really appreciated the sort of cynical political undercurrent that this movie had and stuff like jake saw looks the way he is because he missed an insurance payment (laughs) (laughs) and frank castle has all has access to all these weapons because it's gun show season in virginia and there's no background checks (laughs) at gun shows (laughs) or the weird speech where jigsaw is like standing in front of like a projected flag 
right? But then, like, before that, he mentions about how, like, joining up with him will be like joining up in the army and that they'll offer them $100,000 that they don't expect to pay because they'll be killed. (laughs) (laughs) That would explain the money to pay for college bit. I didn't quite get that until you explained it just now. Or where uh, Jigsaw gets himself and his brother off the hook by telling the cops where the (laughs) weapons he had sold to the Russians were. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, I really expected more of this biological warfare thing. It's just like, yeah, it never came. I was sure there was going to be something like that. Like, you don't just show, like, the bright colored vials and then just never show them again. (laughs) Like, there's just a very cynical, like, sort of wry sense just underlying this whole thing of, like, oh, if you, like, support the American healthcare system the way it currently stands and the gun shows, you know, and stuff the way it currently stands, and this leads to an environment where you get Frank Castles and jigsaws. (laughs) (laughs) Like, are we sure this is something we actually want it's a natural conclusion (laughs) (laughs) so i really appreciated that but i think i have to agree with a number of the critics and that you know for a while i was really on board with this movie even while it was really violent and then i think about a little past halfway through, right? There was the shot of like him exploding the one parkour guy with a rocket launcher. <laughs> so I was just like, that's amazing. Well, I'm telling you, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that explosion was a, a bit Aqua Teen now that I'm thinking about yeah. <laughs> Just like vaporized, you know. And, and you know, like, the, the the opening fight scene and then, like, the, the fight scene in the, whatever their names are, the, the girl and the, and the kid, like, their house, where, like, he blows off the one guy's face and, like, punches the, the weedy kid's, like, face in. I was like, oh, wow, okay, I get this. And then I think it was about at the point where they showed the half-smoking head of the dead mom. And then, like, more or less immediately followed that up with, like, the axe attack on Carlos, where I started to feel like, oh, this might actually be a little too intense for me right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I was sort of on board for a while, and I think I'm not quite as much on board. I'm starting to wince a little more than I think I was anticipating. Bad stuff is happening to people you care about now. Yeah, maybe that's it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, maybe they did a good job of getting me on the quote-unquote heroes not that there are any heroes in this movie but you know what i mean right (laughs) the ostensible heroes of the movie right and then when things started happening to them i was like oof and so from that point like watching some of like the fight scenes and like the raid on the hotel i was just like ooh, ooh, ooh. like even the scene where he like all the there's like a group of people on one side of the door and he's on the other side and he like jams the gun through and shoots the projectile grenade in and then it like explodes and then like they're like pinned against walls with like shrapnel and stuff like even that i was like ooh, this is a little ooh. but he does mercy kill the ones that are still alive that is true so he was he was showing his mercy there despite his mercilessness I don't know if anyone else shared that feeling or if it was just me. I did not really get that. It was more like, like I, I knew I understood what was happening, but it wasn't enough to cause me to wince. It was more just enough to make me feel bad that the characters that were uh, on the good guys side were dying now. Yeah, like a lot more, a lot more good guys started dying towards the end. It felt like yeah, I even just was like, oh, when those, you know, the two like kind of patrol cops that get killed, I was like, oh, oh that's yeah. a shame, you know. Yeah. Like it kind of, it's all fun and games when you don't like when you're not really like that invested. But as time goes on and you see more, yeah, more of the good guys dying, it starts to feel a little, little less fun. I think just like you said, I was on board for the first half, maybe even three quarters of the movie. And then it got almost a little exhausting towards the end, especially where, you know, you had that perfect moment of that guy being blown up in midair. Just the perfect (laughs) amount of comedy and you never get there again. Yeah. I mean, that was I thought that was so well set up and I didn't expect it at all. There's just that ridiculous gang of meth heads just running around the city doing parkour and he just shoots them. Like, he doesn't go through any effort. He blows up the one guy, and then he just shoots the other guy in the head. And then the third one, he just shoots him in the kneecap and throws him off a building. There's no struggle there. You you forgot the part where he breaks his neck after throwing him off of the <laughs> right. building onto a spiked Gosh. fence that impales him. Oh, yeah. Him. <laughs> so you get an extra shot of his neck just, like, rubbery 
you know, like just stretched impossibly far of the corpse. But I just think it was fun because we saw the characters as being ridiculous and we didn't expect the Punisher necessarily to see them that way, but he certainly did. He's like, <laughs> oh, I don't care about these guys. I'll leave one of them alive just long enough to get some information <laughs> out of him. I mean, he's so effective that I had to laugh towards the end of the movie, too, when they were doing the recruiting, because I knew that it was just the movie <laughs> trying to get more people for Frank Castle to kill. <laughs> yeah. like yeah. you saw those like slow motion shots of the gangs walking down the street and you're like oh boy <laughs> here like, it comes that whole ending scene to me like at a certain point it turned into a video game in my mind mm-hmm. like i just something about mm-hmm. it i was just like okay now he's clearing rooms maybe it was especially because of that shot through the you know the one the gang that was like all gathered in that one room something yeah. about the way that whole scene was I, I did think it was clever, though, to have the Russian gang, I guess, Trojan horse their way in. Yeah. And the, yeah, so and then when it's just like, yeah, like an inter-gang firefight, it's kind of like, well, I don't know what you were expecting, uh, Jigsaw. <laughs> <laughs> These were the kinds of soldiers you were recruiting. So <laughs> when it, just like a Russian gang shows up to your door and you're like, absolutely, yep, come on in and join us. Well, he was faking an Irish accent, and they knew they had other Irish people there, I think. so. Oh, okay. That, that was my takeaway, at least. That makes sense. They covered, the, at least covered that. At the end of the movie, when Julie Benz's character stops, Frank Castle is like, me and my husband always argued about you, and he always said you were one of the good guys. I really thought Frank Castle was going to say, no, I'm not, and then turn and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. How do people think about Dominic West as Jigsaw? Like we've kind of talked about him a little bit, but not how you thought he did as a performance. He was fun. He did a good job chewing the scenery. I liked it. Yeah. like One of my huge complaints about the 2004 Punisher was that John Travolta was the villain and he didn't do enough of that. Like, that's what I want to see from John Travolta. And Dominic West was <laughs> doing a pretty, pretty solid job here. And, you know, his accent was weird. But when you just think of it in a sort of cartoony villainous way, it worked for me. He was going for it. His brother creeped me out, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a fun dynamic sometimes, though. Like, you know, when he starts throwing himself into all the mirrors, I was like, oh, he's doing him a solid. (laughs) While also being just completely criminally psychotic. uh, Hey, man, even criminal psychopaths are capable of showing brotherly love. It's heartwarming. Oh, I didn't realize that that actor is Tombs from X-Files. That, oh, yeah. Wait, who's Tombs? The, Thank like, you. The, the Is he Mr. the cancer guy? No, the Mr. Fantastic serial killer guy. I was trying to place him that whole time, and I looked back through his, his roles, and I was not able to figure it out. But thank you, Adam. You're welcome. I mean, he was good. I wanted him to die the whole time. I was just waiting for that. (laughs) What also kind of goes along with that cartoonishness, as we haven't talked about this in any of the Marvel movies so far that I can think of, but the Foley work was really distinct in this movie. (laughs) Like, when all of the uh, parkour guys were jumping through the air, every single time there'd be a whoosh. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny you say something, because I do feel like I somehow, like, usually the sound is isn't something you notice too much Uh but somehow i remember remarking about that in my mind it's very over the top and cartoonish yeah again i think it kind of works like these all these individual things i might have complained about but seeing them as a whole i'm like oh i I get what they're going for i also thought it was shot really well it was like a lot of the framing i thought was really interesting like you know the way they had like characters on like left or right hand sides rather than just always you know center four three for pan and scan framing or whatever and a lot of these sorts of films tend to be very dark frames and things and at least they were doing a lot of color grading and stuff to make it more interesting although i thought that church that they were they met in was really weird (laughs) yeah no i actually took a screenshot of that which i'm probably going to use for the the blog post the the lighting and color on that started to remind me kind of of like the it it almost seemed reminiscent of like the 90s batman movies to me are we we in a batman and robin church right now (laughs) (laughs) just like the glowing cross and then like the the blue lights like you had like hanging up in your dorm room like on tied looped around like the bed frame like lining every step on the way up the altar (laughs) it was just like Am I in a Final Fantasy church? What's happening here? <laughs> <Church> yeah. <is> lit. <laughs> One final question. 
Mary Marvel movie March Solonoff. This time it's Warzone by Rob Zombie. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you send me the link, I'll give it another listen. I like how you can't ever Google anything. <laughs> You're always like, feed it to me or else I'm not going to look. Yeah, I kind of remember it. I mean, it was a very sort Rob of zombie middling, yeah, Rob Zombie song. Yeah, no, it wasn't very exciting. But uh, was it Punisher specific? The lyrics? It sounded kind of like yeah. it was. Like, yeah, I think so. It even referenced things about like how Jesus saves, which was like the closing shot yeah. of like the thing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that I appreciate. Neon lit Jesus saves cross on like a elaborate like old style church. Yeah, that was interesting but i'm always willing to give a song points for being related to the movie that we're watching that's part of the song off <laughs> right and there was something about like a jigsaw face Ooh. so i mean i'm willing to bet i haven't looked it up but i'm willing to bet rob zombie is a huge punisher fan knew this movie was coming and insisted that he make a song for it well according to the top youtube video of that song it was his first track in three years so it very well may have brought him out of his <laughs> out of writer's block he was like finally something i could sink my teeth into <laughs> do we have our song off songs listed somewhere no I don't, we don't really need to like is this gonna go somewhere other than like the bottom for you no better than man thing <laughs> no, nowhere near home of the brave no oh, no. no that was nothing that's un- can top that's that. just untouchable I, I do really think though that like for the the soundtrack in general kind of kind of hit the sweet spot for me though i really enjoyed like the gratuitous metal just thrown in there just New really metal. yeah really just did it for me i was like ah this was still you know 2008 we hadn't gotten too slick yet you guys want to hear 22 things we learned from lexi alexander's punisher Warzone commentary sure mm. all right see what we got the opening dinner assault features the punisher killing a woman which apparently caused some controversy with executives she reached for a gun, so I thought it was justified, says Alexander. <laughs> He's the Punisher. Is he only going to kill male bad people? <laughs> uh, she actually saw a kickboxer at a tournament once fix his own broken nose by snapping it back into place, which is why the Punisher does it. Oh, By the way, with the uh, pencil. that <laughs> previous one, props to the lady for immediately reaching for the gun and trying to kill the Punisher and not losing her head like uh, the guy did. <laughs> She took act, immediate action. Uh, the factory base attacked by the Punisher was filmed in a plant where the mummy tomb of the Dragon Emperor was also filming. Wait, what um, is that? Uh, is that yeah. the Jet Li mummy movie? There's a Jet Li mummy? What? I think so. What? Can we yeah. watch that one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? They joked at the time that the golden horse props they saw while filming were probably worth more than Warzone's entire budget. <laughs> She recalls walking into a market set during reshoots in Vancouver and taking a couple candy bars for a snack, and the production assistant ran after her yelling that she wasn't allowed to do that. He really almost peed his pants when he found out he was yelling at the director. (laughs) (laughs) Alexander is happy to hear from fans that the moment where the parkour happy thug is blown up by the Punisher's rocket launcher landed as intended with a big laugh. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Obviously, we were aware of the fact that the parkour guys are in every film. We were also sick of them. (laughs) (laughs) The scene at 5152 where the Punisher drops the guy on the fence, then snaps his neck, prompted a female critic to write that Alexander has, quote, a violent fantasy that she should go to prison for, end quote. (laughs) Wow. Alexander took it as a compliment, but she points out that the scene is lifted straight from the comics. And then uh, context-free commentary quotes includes, I don't f- want Rob Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess ultimately, what did you think of the movie? Would you mercy kill it or would you set it on fire so that its eyeballs burned? Wait, which one of those is the favorable rating? <laughs> and which one is the unfavorable? <laughs> I assume the mercy killing is preferable to setting <laughs> burning to death on fire. It's a violent movie, guys. It's hard to tell, though, but as a violent movie, does it enjoy a prolonged and violent death or not? (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'm just asking how many exploding parkour guys would you give this movie? (laughs) Oh, man. 
You know what? I want to know how many on-screen deaths there are in this film. How many deaths in Punisher Warzone? Punisher Warzone Carnage Count. It's a YouTube video, so I gotta scroll. Total kills, 109. Mm-hmm. All right, that's decent. I mean, it's a lot when you consider how, like, really effective each one was. How memorable yeah. they all were. Yeah. Is that around one per minute? Uh, Yeah, just about. It's 102 minutes, so slightly over one per minute. Okay. And obviously credits are part of that, too, so just, like, actual <laughs> screen time. <laughs> yeah, I guess there were probably a lot at the end there in the hotel. Yeah. And, you know, that opening scene. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a murder sandwich. <laughs> so I'm kind of in the the easiest thing for me to do is look at how I rated the other Punisher movies and that gives me a pretty wide range because the 2004 <laughs> version I gave a 2 and the 89 version I gave a 7 but it does end up being difficult still because I don't know whether I like it better than the 89 one or not I think the main complaint I have about this movie is I just don't know exactly why, but I got bored about, you know, two thirds of the way through and was kind of wondering when it was going to end. There were a couple of places it could have ended and didn't. And I knew that it wasn't ending because there was too much time left. Like what was happening at that time? Do you remember? Well, the first time was obviously super early in the movie when he was in the he fell into the glass. Where I was like, there's no way he's surviving that. <laughs> Movie's over, guys. It's been a good 10 minutes. I think when they get caught in the house, too, I was like, I don't know how they're going to get out of police custody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that. Like, there definitely were moments where I was like, oh, wow, it's only been like an hour. Like, this seems like a wrap up. Yeah. Yeah, Sam, for the house scene. But really appreciated the style oh, it was so, going for. Sorry, but before you do yeah. that, I guess I want to ask if it picked back up again for you once you got bored or if you stayed bored for the rest of the movie. No, it picked up again when he got to the when he started killing all the gangs at the end. When the killing started again. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I feel like a lot of our comments should require us to be evaluated. (laughs) (laughs) But there's a lot that's really well done about this movie, and I think it understands what it wants to be. But is it better than 89 Punisher? I'm going to give this seven exploding parkour guys. So the same rating as I gave the 89 version. Because above that, at 7.5 is Blade, Blade 2, Captain America serial. And I don't think I liked it quite as much as those. So again, this is what happens maybe yeah. your your chart out at nine. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. All right, but I guess I want to ask you: Did you actually did you think going into this movie that that was the likely outcome? That this movie that bombed so completely, you weren't even aware of its existence? That you were going to end up? No, I would have guessed more like a three, four, yeah, something like that. So I was pleasantly surprised. I enjoyed the movie. See, I have almost the opposite problem of Charlie, where my uh, score for the original Punisher was a six, and my score for the Thomas Jane Punisher was a five, so I have a very narrow band to work with here. Or my score for the Punisher was a six, but my score for the Punisher was a five. (laughs) Yeah, right. When I have to decide, do I like it better than both or worse than both? I mean, the Dolph Lundgren Punisher had the the alcoholic sidekick who was great. This one had Wayne Knight. I know. Man, this this one's tough. This one is really, really tough. I think I'm going to have to slot it right into the middle and give it a five and a half. So this is like the 1990 Captain America it or X-Men The Last Stand in terms of your desire to rewatch it. Yes, in that I don't re- particularly want to rewatch it. Yeah. I think because I had read on the internet in places that this was an action movie sort of cult classic, I had some expectations going in. And I think through the movie up to the point where the parkour guy exploded, I was probably actually about up to like an eight. I'm just like, I'm like, I'm really on board with this idea of like making an 80s style low budget action movie, but with like current technology, like I'm really on board with that. And then as I sort of said, like it's the violence started to wear on me a little bit and I started wincing and I was like, mm, maybe not. And so I think that's going to bring me back down to 6.5, which is what I gave the 1989 Punisher. And that feels right to me. So I'm saying this is this is six and a half exploding parkour guys like that half one like he just hit like his upper chest but like his his legs are still attached at the groin and just flopping around they're still doing parkour to this day (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
But I, I really appreciate it for what it is. I like that it's not trying to be something I mean, like more and it and it doesn't try to like win you over to its side the way like the 2004 Punisher did of like, no, look, Frank Cass is a really good guy. Look, he's not that bad at all. I'm like, that's not really what I want from a Punisher movie. And so and like in terms of like what I want from a Punisher movie, I think this delivered. It just got to be a little bit too much by the end, I think, for me. This is a little pun, too punishing. Yeah, a little too pun-ishing. Pun-ishing. So, <laughs> so for reference, I have to ask, did you like the Netflix series? That's an excellent question. Acknowledging I've only seen season one. I haven't watched season two yet. Although I, plan, I plan on doing it at some point. Same. Um, There were parts of the Netflix Punisher series that I thought were really well done. And there were parts that I thought they sort of skirt around some of the issues that they sort of bring up about like, what does it actually mean to sort of be a vigilante who's this violent, like, you know, and like what separates him from the villains and stuff like that. You know, I I thought they kind of fudged that a little bit. And some of the violence in the Punisher TV series is also quite intense. Which was somewhat awkward when you're watching this in uh, a large gym with a, on an elliptical machine that has Netflix <laughs> on it. And there's just like horrible violence happening. And you're just like looking around, making sure it's like, oh, I hope staff doesn't walk oh. behind me at this point to see this just really violent thing happening. Or like this almost uncensored sex scene between, oh, hey, Billy Russo in the Netflix Punisher series and Agent Madani. Like, it was just like, oh, geez. That was as bad as the time I was watching a British uh, comedy show on Netflix. And because it was British, at one point, there was just a topless shot. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm in America. (laughs) Puritan. (laughs) So I think I would actually probably also overall probably give the Netflix season one of the Netflix Punisher show probably around a 6.5 as well. Oh wow! Because for me, this almost this feels somewhat influential. Like in retrospect, this feels like it might have been influential on the Netflix Punisher series. Oh, absolutely! I would be really surprised if if it was a coincidence. Like, and I think I'd actually be really surprised if that you were making a Punisher series and weren't looking at previous iterations of the Punisher. So yeah, I could see this easily being an influence. So, but like, it suffers from the basically all the Marvel Netflix series problems of like it runs a little too long, so it kind of sags in the middle. Oh, okay. And yeah. some of the yeah, this movie. Is very this movie kind of sags for like a minute or two, and then it just gets right back to the killing. I've talked too much. Paul. Well, uh, yeah, coming into this with almost no expectations at all, I think I was expecting it to be a little bit more like we would expect now in terms of like grim, dark, trying to be kind of good. And I was pleasantly surprised that it was a little more of like a throwback. And I'm sure that kind of affected how I watched it that I might be inflating the score a little bit. But I really I really enjoyed this one. You know, it wasn't perfect, but it uh, hit hit a lot of the good uh, good notes for me, especially the more comical parts. I mean, as soon as I saw like even towards the beginning when I saw there were parkour guys, I was like, okay, this this is going to be a good ride. <laughs> I guess yeah, I, I don't I really didn't like the 2004 Punisher, so it's like hard to even for me to even really like compare it to that so much because they just feel like pretty different but for me it kind of falls into like i enjoyed it somewhat in the same way that i enjoyed the blade series the blade series is like you know i enjoyed it a little more seriously or like less ironically or whatever whereas this was like a little more like I enjoy it because of the ridiculous violence. So I think I'm going to give it 7.5 exploding parkour guys. Uh, (laughs) Nice. Yeah, it's up there, but not quite, not quite to the blade one level. I gave blade an eight. So I think that's why I just couldn't quite make it there. But above blade two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. It was just a lot of fun to watch. I just, you know, yeah, some, and it's fun. I was just thinking about it. I was like, it's a shame Tony couldn't join us, but I don't think he would have done that well. He would not. I, that, that thought occurred that to me was... as we were watching too. I'm just like, this would not have been Tony's kind of movie. <laughs> no. I feel like if we had sold it to him as like, oh yeah, it's like Love, Simon, but with the Marvel universe, right? Like <laughs> he would have felt very betrayed by us. <laughs> yeah. So I saw in the intro credits that this was a Marvel Studios movie. So this raises the question, is this part of the MCU? Uh, no, it's not. 
Why not? Because Marvel didn't have final say over the movie. Yeah, this is actually one of uh, Lexi Alexander's complaints. Was She said that Marvel was an equal partner, but when there was a creative decision conflict, Marvel would let Lionsgate be the tiebreaker. And she said she regretted that because 99% of their notes were much better than the studios, and I was more in tune with Marvel. All right, well, thanks so much, everyone, for stopping by. Uh, yep. <laughs> we... <laughs> Sorry. And go f- yourself, San Diego. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, um, thanks. Every- <laughs> I got the giggles. Thanks, everyone, for stopping by for Punisher Warzone. Our next up on the march is May 1st, 2009, for our only. 2009 release as far as marvel movies go that is x-men origins colon wolverine so until then i'm adam gobeski and i'm charlie wallace and a special thanks to our two um pitiless pitiless guests (laughs) paul wilcox thanks for having me it was anything but punishing (laughs) and doug gobeski a joy as always All right, this is where we outro, but I don't know what to say anymore. It has been five hours for you, all right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, five and a half. I feel feel oddly, like, less exhausted than some of the previous ones. You mentally steeled yourself. It's it's probably because I just finished a Pepsi Max at 11.50 p.m. (laughs) (laughs) That's a terrible idea. That's our show. Don't forget, you can check us out on Facebook, just like the Gobeski Wallace Report. And you can also follow us on Twitter, at GW Report. And check out our website, thegobeskywallacereport.com. That's probably the important bit. Well, yeah, I guess all the other links are there. So if you remember (laughs) one thing, remember that. Not your name, but (laughs) gobeskywallacereport.com. More important than your name. Uh, gonna make me look this up see if there's anywhere i can recognize her from or i'm not making you do anything it's all you what was the name julie benz oh here we go halo 2 she's miranda keys oh of course what <laughs> hey man i had to find something that she was in that i recognized do that voice. And i never watched boondock saints 2 so <laughs> i'm not sure anybody did i didn't know that was a thing <laughs> uh nathan rabin did <laughs> oh okay <laughs> He'll watch anything. I think that's well established. Pay him enough. Exactly. So we don't have to. We could chip in 25 each and get him to watch Man Thing. (laughs) (laughs) We don't hate him, do we, though? Sounds worth it. (laughs) You know what, Paul? If you can convince the other two to do it, I'm in. (laughs) 